Listener Production. Hey darlings, it's producer Carly here again. In this week's episode, Chloe and Elle are joined by Hilary Holmes. Hilary is the founder of a beauty brand and advocate for creating your own beauty standards. It's a powerful conversation, but before we dig in, a heads up that there is some chat about body dysmorphia and bullying, so go gently if you find these topics triggering. Otherwise, it's a really meaty episode and I think you're going to love it. We actually need to really embody the way that we feel. Like, you know, when you're feeling sadness, what I've learned, and I've paid a shit ton of money to learn this, is that we need to actually physically express that, whether it's through verbalisation, whether it's through crying, whether it's through lots of different ways. Listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by myself, Elodie Pullen, and me, Chloe Fisher. A place where we ground womanhood's unspoken experiences from grief to fertility and everything in between. Join us while we transform our pain into power, encompassing all emotions ugly and beautiful. Darling Shine is your chosen family and your survival kit for the unexpected shit life throws at you. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Darling Shine. Today we have my friend Hillary on the podcast, business bitch, bi- no, business boss, no, boss business woman <laughs> and boss mama as well. We're so excited to chat to you today, Hillary. Thanks for having me. I think um, yeah, we're recording this on a Sunday and it's been um, definitely mum, a mum-filled day. I'm just, I'm running hectic as well because my son just shat on the back deck and my dog just ate it. <laughs> oh, oh my sorry. God, yuck. That's normal. <laughs> Who's looking after them now? It's sometimes nice when you get to work because totally. you're like, I have no kids. Like, I'd rather work right now. Well, that's the thing. I normally record podcasts like during the week at work time. So I'm in my office, but you've got me in my bedroom and all of the mayhem of my life downstairs. So, yeah, Ben, my husband's looking after them now. Thank God. I'm like, I've got to go. Sorry. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we get when Chloe's home for literally five seconds. She's home for like three days. So we've just been trying to jam as much as we can in and we're all here on a Sunday. Does she Yay. shit on the back deck as well, does she? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I wouldn't put it past me, but I... She probably does, it's yeah. It's something I've probably done before. <laughs> That's actually probably more of an Emily Lights thing Lights it on me. fire. <laughs> <laughs> Paper bag. Um, but no, I actually met Hillary at your beautiful home beauty event that you were going to host with Kira Rumble because I know Kira through Chloe, I was going to the event. And um, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I remember being so nervous for the event because I thought it was a very influencer event. And I was like, oh, I don't really like events like this. And Kira didn't end up being able to go. She was sick or something. And I was like, oh no, I don't even know Hillary, but you were just so amazing and so warm. And the chicks mm-hmm. there were not like, I want to do it in bunny ears because influencers, are, are, there's so many beautiful ones, but it wasn't like your typical influencer no. event. Yeah. Um, and you were just so awesome and confident and amazing and so warm. And I remember asking, I remember we sat down and you did my makeup and we were just like motor mouse. We were just like, Brrr. and what I learned really quickly was your confidence came from quite a dark place. And that became the whole backbone of everything you've created for yourself, which we're yeah, going to get totally. into because I'm so excited for like us to both learn way more from you. But my, I remember you saying how you 
were excited to start to rewrite your own childhood through bringing up your children. And I don't reckon that's uncommon. Uh, We just have so many amazing women listening. So I wanted to start there. Yeah, sure. And what that meant for you. Yeah, it was actually a really fun event. So it was, I'm stoked that you had fun. And I think um, we're about connection and love and and actually just being really real. So it was great that you had a good time and uh, stepped into your discomfort to have some fun with us. But um, I mean, there's a lot in my backstory in terms of where I got to where I got, but it wasn't really until I became a mom where it kind of came up in a bad way. I actually ended up, I, when I became a mother, I actually got PTSD with all of my childhood stuff, really all the things that I wasn't willing to sort of look at really came straight into my peripheral as soon as my daughter was born. So she's my firstborn. And when you give birth to a young girl, you sort of quite quickly, I don't, I'm not sure if you go in this direction, but I definitely think with my abuse background, I definitely went into a, it was like what any man could do to a young girl. And I went into this really bad cycle, um, a lot of visualizations and a lot of really bad stuff. I became really sound sensitive and then all this stuff happened. So quite quickly, what I recognized was all of my trauma came into me and my motherhood. And for me, I was like, all right, even though I had been, and I have for a really long time worked on my mental health, I didn't realize how deeply I had to go until I gave birth. So yeah, it was really at that time where I was like, okay, if I really want to be the mom that I wish that I'd had, or if I was going to be the mom that my children needed, I needed to really rewrite a lot of the narratives and a lot of the the ego plays in my life that were really affecting. And, you know, it still happens. Like I definitely, there's a lot of stuff, as you know, that comes up when you've got a young human in your world, how quickly you get shoved into a corner of feeling like I mean, I was just saying this at a, we went to a kid's party this morning and one of the moms was like, I go from zero to really angry so quickly and it's really hard to get out of that. And I felt like I was going into that really often. So for me, it was like, okay, how can I fix this? How can I work on it? And clearly I I had no um, ways of moderating myself. So being a mom, for sure, like I really recognized that not only did I have to be something for my children to be the parent that allowed them to be the most phenomenal humans and give them the best building blocks to their lives um, because that's what I guess being a parent is, is is building the, particularly in the zero to five year, you know, five years, that's when they really develop a lot of the things they take into their life. So I knew, wow, like really quickly, I better sort my shit out. Otherwise, my children are just going to continue this cycle of trauma that just happens for generations and generations, you know? So yeah, it's been it's been a big job these past five years of um, Adelaide just turned five and it's been gnarly. It's been really hardcore, but I I think that being a parent really gives you the opportunity to um, look at the things you're not really necessarily willing to look at. How do you unpack that though? Because I feel like, especially for my journey with like the fertility, I've had so many people message me saying, "Have you looked into this transgenerational trauma?" Man you know, you could have some of this underlying. And I, I personally actually haven't ever looked into it because it kind of, that word just scares me. I'm like, that's a big word. Yeah. Where do you begin? And I, I really get that. Like we had a lot of issues getting pregnant before I got pregnant with Adelaide and we had miscarriages and there was a lot of stuff there. Um, I actually look, um, I, I'm a country girl. I'm like straight up, I studied ag science at uni. So I had a full science degree before I even got into makeup. And so my background going into all of this was, a spade's a spade, like, you know, a science is science. But actually, as I've really dived into this over the past 10 years, more importantly, the past five, mate, like I've really deep dived into spirituality. And again, I'm not like a woo-woo person, but I'll lean into anything that allows me to step forward. And I look at it all very 
pragmatically, of course, but for me, no, like spirituality has completely saved my life in, and, and I'm not saying like an om like gal, I'm not that person at all. You know, I struggle to meditate and um, there's a lot of work I still need to do, but no, that side of things, trauma and all of those things absolutely create not just a physical, and I've had a physical representation of my trauma through my body, you know, like, and all of the mental as well. There's just so much stuff that trauma does to a person, you know, both spiritually, mentally and physically. It's crazy. How did you start diving into it though? Like where did you even begin? Like to try and unpack it? I sort of, um, even like the moment I left my family home, I, I went to a, I went and got the mental health plan like really straight away. So like when I was 18, uh, I needed some support because I didn't have a I had no real parent. I had my dad and, and but that relationship is, is it wasn't one that was built on being able to talk and, and it was a it was a strained relationship. I didn't have my mum in my life. So I, I didn't have any relationships to lean on to talk about things with and and my kind of heaviness of my story was always too much for any friendships that I developed. You know, my uni friends were always like, Whoa, this is like a really big big thing. And even now for me to talk about my actual story, which I don't think I've ever really shared in completion because it's just too big. I had to find other ways of being able to express it. And and I think the big thing I've learned over the past sort of 20 years of doing it, particularly the past 10, is that really we really need to be able to express the emotion around the traumas and it or all the adversities we have. You know, as women, we actually need to really embody the way that we feel. Like, you know, when you're feeling sadness, what I've learned and I've paid up shit ton of money to learn this is that we need to actually physically express that whether it's through verbalization whether it's through crying whether it's through lots of different ways so for me the deep diving happened just early on with therapist and then I started to find and the universe kind of led me into nice different ways I started my spiritual journey probably 10 years ago doing a chakra workshop with a girl called Kat John and then I led down this whole path. When I realized that the chakras aligned to so much of my behavioral issues, I realized that I was like, oh my God, it's the first time I felt, I'm not sure if you guys see a therapist and sometimes you feel like they're just reading a textbook to you sometimes. Mm. It's sort of like, your schema is this and, mm. you know. It's so hard to find the right one. Yeah. And it's a dating game. Like I've yeah. dated a lot of therapists. I've found the ma- magician of therapists now. I felt like I've really found my person and they've got a really beautiful blend of, of how I view the world. And that is there, it's all holistic, you know, science and, and spirituality and, and all of that together. So wow. there was lots of things. It's, it's what I call and my therapist calls it the unfold. So I've had to really unfold all of my trauma to really expose and get to this point now of sort of being like, who is Hillary Holmes? Who is this person? Because we build a construct of all of our experiences and, and it's not necessarily us, you know. We, we become people who aren't really us when you've come out of the trauma space. So I'm now at a position now where I feel like I'm really speaking very authentically and starting to build build the life for myself and my family for who is authentically me, which is a really exciting space to be in. It's so interesting. Hillary Holmes <laughs> wow. is a bloody legend. No, that just sounds like I'm yeah. so, I, I don't, be, previously before this podcast, I, I, Elodie, your Elodie's friend that I've never really met you before, but I'm like, wow, can you please t- keep talking? Same. This whole space is like, you're speaking to me. One thing that always stuck with me when I was talking to you, Hillary, was you were saying how you used to always just always need to tiptoe around and feel like you had to minimize yourself all the time. Like when you sneezed, you'd like on purpose, make sure it was like, you were, you were like nervous to sneeze in case it was like this big, like head turner of a sneeze and people would notice you. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I do that all the time. Actually, I was just talking about that this morning as well. Um, I, because of a, a big um, byproduct of my mental health and my childhood was that I was 103 kilos at 16. I got really big really quickly and um, I used food as a dissociative tool and as a comfort tool. Um, and so I was really big, really fast. I got up to 135 kilos. And so my big body plus my big personality, like I literally just said this morning to some people, to my husband, I'm just too much for them. You know, a big part of what I recognize in my relationships is because I go to these really big spots and these big places, people are either willing to like be like, I can hold Hillary or Hillary's just too much. So I find that over my life, my personality alone, Australia is just not set up for big, big, big women, like big hearted, big voice, big opinions. You know, we always have this narrative going on that everyone's like, um, strong women, let's raise strong women, let's raise women to use their voices. And actually, no, yeah, I, of course. But in Australia, no one actually is prepared. Not even, I wouldn't even say Australia, I'd say the world. No one actually can handle a big, strong woman. You know, like I've had so much pushback my whole life about myself. So being even when I was younger, being, like, this is how bad it was. So to be called, so my nickname is Hill and I didn't like my name, nickname to be called Hill because it re- I thought it reminded everyone of a mountain. Like that's how, that's how fucked up. Oh my gosh, Hillary. I know, I know. It was so bad. But I had, so for me, I used to walk really quietly because I didn't want to be a big girl that just thumped around. I I deliberately changed my sneeze to make it seem smaller so that it wasn't this big girl sneezing big and being big. And there's actually lots of things that I do. Even when I eat, I eat quietly and I make sure I eat slowly because I didn't want to be that fat girl that just like ate like a crazy person. Like every part of my being, I had to doctor to feel like I could fit in because between my personality and my bigness of physicality, it was just too much for people and I felt so embarrassed and I wasn't accepted for that. You know, I got bullied literally in every component of my education from primary school, high school and university. I literally had to leave my university campus because a bunch of boys went and created all these rumours about me because they were so intimidated by myself, my, by my bigness, that they actually wanted to go and destroy me. And that's what we notice, right, is that when these women have this light or when there's a woman who's out there with purpose, people just want to cut them down every time. I see it play out in the media all the time. Yeah. One of the things that I'm doing now is when I sneeze, I'm sneezing like a normal person, like what a sneeze should sound like. Yes. So it's like... I don't God, basic shit, but I it mean now so I'm like good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a big sneeze. It feels so good. Well, and that's exactly what it's supposed to feel. Cause actually like um there's a monk that I've been doing like been doing some work with and they call her the yawning monk because actually a, a big thing I learned through my psilocybin ceremony is that when we yawn, we're actually relaxing our parasympathetic. So there's things that you can do with like yawning and sneezing that are actually really good for reducing your stress levels. That's so interesting. I find whenever I train, whenever I do personal training, which is not very often, I yawn the whole time. It's so bizarre. I always said to my trainer, why? And I'm Googling because I don't yawn during the day. The minute I walk into the room, I yawn the whole time, at least like it's 10, because 15 because we're not breathing properly. <laughs> they feel but good. Sneezing <laughs> just feels like you're releasing like Yeah, shit. totally. Demons. I love it. And like my shoulders just like relax into it. It's amazing. My dad used to be the 
biggest sneezer and I just I've, I've always just I play on my sneezes yeah. and try and make them big as possible now <laughs> so let I let me witness you need to like record you sneezing okay it's funny because a part of my um PTSD is that sound is really frustrating so even when my husband sneezes I'm like I get really angry when people sneeze so it's really funny okay I think that we need to start a sneezing movement on our Instagram <laughs> please tag us when you sneeze and we're going to share the sneeze and don't be afraid to sneeze. Don't minimise your sneezes. We want big, fat, loud, boisterous <laughs> sneezing. And we want you to eat how you want to eat and walk how you want to walk and Sneeze stomp down the bloody hallway. Totally. Like it. Totally. And I think, you know, that's a, it's a really important thing. I know it's silly as it is. It's like, but I, I know for a fact that because I speak to so many girls that are curvier and bigger that, you know, anyone whose body dysmorphic will always do things to doctor themselves. Like it's like I'm obsessed with compression wear because I was just never, I was never supported. I mean, um, I actually had a lot of problems with having babies and um, with some surgeries I had because my pelvic floor was too strong because I've always sucked in my gut because when I was 16 years old, they were like, you need to suck in your beeline. And I've always, I'm not even joking, I've got a six pack just because I've always sucked in my gut. It's like an always on thing. And then later on, I actually gave birth to my first daughter, my first child in three hours because I just had such a strong pelvic floor, it kind of, she shot out, literally fell on the floor. So it was like, there are so many things that we do as girls to minimize ourselves and to adhere to a beauty standard that actually have really huge repercussions in different areas of our lives. Like it's just, it's weird. It's weird and it's really sad. Like it's sad. Have you watched the Barbie movie? Just had a thought about yes. that. Yes. Um, look, I went into it with deep reservations because obviously for so many people, yeah. um, you know, that body, I mean, the body culture that they've promoted is definitely not one that I've always ever supported. Even from a representation in the movie, I didn't feel like there was enough different, that they had to represent, I guess, the Barbies they've had. I do think that they are definitely moving towards being and what the movie obviously. Have you guys seen it? I am seeing it tonight, actually. Yeah. So don't ruin it for me, girls. No, no I'm not going to know at all. <laughs> Such an important message, but I literally fell asleep because yeah. I was so jet lagged. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, like I knew it was on the right trajectory. I knew I knew what, what I was meant to be learning. Like, this is this is life altering stuff. Yeah, like, she did fell I know. I'm the worst. Of course, I do. Like No, I actually really liked it because it wasn't so much about the recognition that women needed to see this. Women, we know how fucked up shit is. We know how bad. It's the men. So I was, I love going in there. So I've seen it twice now and I like going in there and watching the men and how they react. And, and it really is just showing, there's a really great guy on TikTok I've been following who really calls out this behavior and any guy or any man that's, that has negative opinions about that Barbie movie is actually a part of the problem because they're the ones that are... Yeah. I mean, a lot of the work I did with this intimacy course I did this year was actually how masculine and feminine plays out in relationships and in people. And, and all these men are actually so not in their masculine. Like they're so not in their masculine. The ones that are reacting, they think that they're all manly, but actually they're not. They're not at all because a true man is one that's willing to sit there, hold the crazy of a woman and actually and, and really be allowed to sit back and go, you know, I, I'm just going to support whatever's happening. Yeah. So I find it really interesting. The Barbie movie is definitely showing up a lot of the toxicity that, you know, that men can have in our culture for sure. And hopefully they're not falling asleep during the movie. I'm really interested to see it tonight mm. because I've heard so many. I've actually never heard like really bad reviews. I've, I've heard quite good reviews and then just people saying that they've learned a lot from it and I'm so I'm really excited to... Immerse myself in the experience. I think you'll like it, doll. Yeah, totally. 
wanted to say to you, I'm, from listening to everything that you kind of said up until now, it's quite clear that you've felt quite a lot of pressure to conform to like beauty standards up until now. What for women that are going through kind of what you've been going through, how do you say, how can you say that you've like navigated this experience and what are some of the key things that have helped you kind of get to where you are today? You know, I actually just don't think that any of us are going to get to a point of feeling like we've navigated it. You know, mm. it's like I'm currently on a Zempic. I talk about my journey with that and I'm not on it because I'm here to lose, like I want to be skinny. I'm, I'm doing it for other health reasons that the drug can give. But uh, I actually found, I've been talking about it openly and like the, it's been so hard for me to even get the drug because there's so many people who are in their standard normal BMI that are going and paying full price for the drug and not making it easy for anyone who actually needs to access the drug for health reasons. Uh, making it easy. So, I mean, I think that we're all, we are all a part of the marketing wheel and all a mm. part of, you know, mm-hmm. this this horror that we've been trained and, and created to support. And, and so I think when it comes to beauty standards, I think I just got to a point where I, it wasn't so much even me at this point, I was still deep in my shit. I think when I started recognizing that something needed to change was when I started becoming a makeup artist in London and I would see all of these gorgeous clients walking in the door, just watching. I was always an observer because I was self-taught. I had to really watch what everyone was doing. And I didn't get my training with Mac for like a year in. So I had to really sit back and hide behind like the counters just to watch how the artists worked. And I think what I saw was all these women would walk in. They'd be so excited to feel empowered, to be seen, to be educated on them. And they would just be constantly walking away, you know, disheartened. You know, you have all been in that environment before, right? Where we've walked into a beauty counter and, you know, you go there to buy a product and you feel so intimidated. You don't know what you're doing. You know, they tell you a product that they use that they think you should use without listening to what actually would work for you. And I think you walk away being like, Mm. no one actually listen to me then. No one actually saw me. And so I think it started my journey then and there when I, I had a couple of really amazing clients. One had chemo and she dosed all her hair and her eyelashes and eyebrows. And I I took the the money side out of it. And I really was just like, you know, I really wanted to listen to her. And I felt like she really needed to just almost express her sadness about like her. She said, I just don't feel like a woman anymore. Mm. And so I really used makeup at that opportunity to kind of be like, but you are like, and actually you're more of a phenomenal woman in, in your hardships and in the things that you've gone through because a woman is resilient and a woman is, is it, that is the most feminine part. It's not your lashes that determine that or decide who you are. You know, I think I then just showed her how to put on some lashes and some brows using pencils and lashes. And and she just, she started crying and she said, this is the first time in a really long time I feel like myself again. And it was kind of in that moment that I recognized that that was my opportunity to create a change and to create an impact in an otherwise really screwed industry. And, and I think that, you know, for so much of it, I saw, and I still do, this is, a, this is the crazy part. I, you know, I'm currently launching a product that until now I've never seen an image in the beauty industry that hasn't been edited. Mm. Yeah. This particular product I'm launching, every single campaign that's ever been launched ever publicly to us has always been edited. And so that's why with my, even with my home beauty campaigns, I never retouch photos. I never airbrush skin. You know, we might edit the lighting a little bit if we need to, but I, we never edit skin. We never like fake anything. It's, it's, we want to show scars. We want to show texture. We want to show people because we're so not used to seeing it. So these beauty standards are so screwed and I would see them. So crazy. Crazy. I had an experience with that once. I, I did like a swimwear shoot a few years ago and 
I've got like a few moles on my stomach, which I could not care about. Like I literally don't give a shit. I don't even see them. But when I got the photos back from this photographer, which I like didn't want them to be retouched. I don't ever retouch any of my shit. And I'm like, there's something missing on my stomach. Stop. Oh, my God. I'm like, did you remove my mole? Put my mole back. I was like, put the mole back and send the photo back. I, I was like, oh. put the cocoa but pop back I in was between my boobs. I was so confused. I'm like, wait, why did you think you could decide to remove my moles? And he was a guy, obviously. So I mean, bizarre. Bizarre behaviour. Bizarre behaviour. Bizarre. This is what is so fucked is that actually, Chloe, those moles <laughs> Like no one's got that yeah, those moles. That like we have become so, so obsessed weird. with looking like everyone else that we forget to look like ourselves. And then we get into this churn cycle of like, you know, we can all see the TikTok world, all yeah. of the influencers look the bloody same. And for me, it's like something that I hope to impart in this whole thing is that the more that I'm so stoked that you had the um the confidence and this mm. and the the inner confidence in yourself to be able to say, <laughs> give moles back. <laughs> Because the moles that Minnie lays on my belly and thinks a cocoa pops and tries to pick them she off tries on to the beach. Eat she just literally leans down gross. to my stomach and is like trying to bite tries them to off. I'm it. like, Minnie, it's it's that's, part that's of me. Disgusting. It's so part of me. You know. <laughs> Maybe it is gross. It probably is gross. She doesn't actually bite them in real time. I'm like, she Minnie, would. It's she tries funny. to. She quickly realizes it's not a cocoa pop. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, unfortunately there are, and this is probably where my work has to really tap into, I have to speak to the girls and the women who have never been given that confidence to say, this is who I am and I own mm. this. You know, like I think the big thing I see and I have seen over the past 15 years of being a makeup artist is I had so many people not willing to see themselves. Like I've been running masterclasses for the past eight years and, and a huge impact went like literally like every class there's someone who is crying. We've had women sobbing at the end of classes being like, this is the first time in my life that I've ever seen me. I oh. have never known who I am at this point. And so oh. I guess what's really sad about how the beauty standards are really steering people is that it's not just happening now. It happened in the 90s with the brows. It mm. happened in the 70s with lashes. It happened, there's always been trends. Trends mm. are so fucked. Mm. I will, when people ask me trend questions, I'm like, I don't want to answer them. The trend is you. Mm-hmm. You are the trend. Be if you want to wear, be you. Yeah. That be you. And if that means you wear a neon eyeliner that might tap into the, the trends, fine. But when you're doctoring your, if you're filtering your photos, if you're blurring your skin, if you're using Facetune to edit your body, if you're wearing clothes to like alter who you are, if you are gaslighting yourself Mm. on who you are, there is a profound problem. And the profound problem is, and what I always say is you are spending your entire life trying to look like someone that you can never be. You're trying to hide your truth. And like, for me, it's like I say, people in masterclass is you need to look in a photo of yourself. You need to look in the mirror and see actually who's there. Because I would say, I would say like 90% of the people that I get in masterclasses actually think they've got a different face shape than what they do. You know, they don't know they've got recessed eyes or they've got forward eyes or if they've got a wide set face or a narrow, narrow face. So there's a lot of things that these beauty standards fuck up. And I think the big part of it for me as a makeup artist is that you see these beauty trends on being like, put blush under your eye. I mean, that's a fucking stupid trend. <laughs> Sorry. Like, put blush under your eye. I don't like, know the first bloody thing about beauty, but I used to do a lot of um, 
Paris filter because I just don't, oh. I'm not obsessed with my skin and I'm really like I'm not doing it anymore and that's hard because sometimes I go, oh, I'll just swipe and then I go, I look so good. But no, 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 I can't post it because like I, I want to be real. So then I, I unswipe the Paris and it is hard but it's, it's damaging, damaging going down that route. It's damaging. You look at like Alex Earl, who's one of um, TikTok's biggest influencers, right? She's just come out and said that last year she showed photos of her skin and she was on social media at that time and she had the most perfect skin. She was using such deep beauty filters and gaslighting everyone. And really what that tells me, more than just the status that I have to her that she didn't feel like she could be herself. But actually, what does it say to everyone else with, ac- with acne? You yeah. know, that what you have to hide yourself. I... Acne is a normal part of life. Like everyone's gone through it. You know, we're, we're all going to go through things that are similar. This is what I think is so interesting that we have commonality in our experiences, but we have uniqueness in our faces. And I think when we honor that and we celebrate that and like when I have clients with moles on their face, I draw them in more. I yes. make sure that they don't get hidden. I think we get to this point and I have definitely now in my mid-30s, I'm like, I don't give a fuck how much I weigh now. I actually really don't care. It's not about weight for me. This is about my internal health. That's what my focus is on right now. And and I think the more that we can really educate our young girls to really actually just be like, I don't care to look like someone else. Actually, my absolute profound beauty mm. is in looking like me. Because I say this, right, who's the most, who do you think, it was a girl walking into a room, right, at, a, at a, an event or something and she walked past you, Who's the person that turns your eye every time? Is it the girl yeah. with the best outfit? Is it the girl that's the most beauty? Or is it the person with the most confidence? The the person with the most confidence and just being them and the, the different yeah. one that's not trying to look the exact fucking same as the others. We're the same totally. shit as the I'm others. I'm going to gravitate toward the, towards the crazy, outspoken yeah. personality one for sure. And they're going to give us a better yeah. chat too, 100%. <laughs> Do you remember at your event, well, Ellie's the one yeah. that left the party with a a, a, a wheel of camembert cheese in her handbag. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> I was just thinking this poor chick who ho- hosted this event, Elodie, nah. rolling out of there with three bottles of wine under her arm and a, a, a wheel of fucking cheese in her handbag. <laughs> I would have given it to you. I would have, like, you're my kind of person because this is my, I was giving everyone shots out of a giant clam oh, shell. Like, this is a, yeah. The funniest so thing about you guys coming up from cheese. Melbourne, coming to Byron Bay, it was like cyclonic weather in Byron Bay and you guys are like, oh, it's so warm and beautiful. And I was like, this is fucked. And everyone's putting their, taking their jackets off because they thought it was warm and, like, I'm, I'm grabbing everyone's jackets and putting, like, 20 on me because I was like, it is freezing. You guys are oh. really doing it tough down there in Melbourne if you think this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you don't need to rub it in, okay? We're, we're aware it's fucking cold in Melbourne, okay? Just move on. <laughs> but it was really, I remember being scared because I was like, I don't know the first thing about beauty. Why the hell am I invited to this bloody beauty event? I hate makeup. I'm not good at it. And, yeah, you you literally are the change. Like you helped, like, I mean, your products are so natural. Like you're, you showed me how I can literally just chuck on that really light primer of yours and like feel like I had like this nice smooth coverage and then we did the photo shoot and you had like all different faces and bodies and we just felt so comfortable with you and like you said no editing like I can guarantee there was no bloody editing of that we we just looked like just hot and natural and you and it was fun do you know I have to tap into this because I think you said a story the other day when I um when we laugh about how you wash your brushes oh, in the yeah. shower yeah. and everyone was texting me being that's like, that's a, that's a life hack. And I'm like, it's no. not a life hack. 
There's a lot of things in it's there that I was hack. concerned about, do believe me. Not. I was speechless the whole time. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Lots of do not try this at home kind of hacks. No, but I say that you're my dream clients because the people that I am speaking, how the fuck would you know your face if you've never been shown? How the hell would you know how to put on a, a primer or an eyeshadow if you've never been shown? Like, we don't get educated. How do you know what how to wash your brush with LED? Because you've never been shown. So, Thank like, you. the fact that, and my big thing is the fact that you're still showing up for yourself, considering that the beauty standards are telling you to hate yourself and also not even teaching you how to do anything. That's a, like, it's a duo of crap. So for me, I'm like, I'm really excited about what we're doing, what I'm doing and how we're creating with Home Beauty, not only in awesome products, but like, let me be the leader because clearly you're all so stupid. <laughs> like the industry is so fucking dumb. Right, I know. <laughs> don't, don't you think that the way you would sell a product is to empower the person that's buying it to use it? Totally. Simple way. Like, isn't that like 101? Yeah, anyway, so I find, it really, I find it really sad because the way the industry and they taught me because I would work for a big beauty brand, one of the biggest in the world, and I worked for them for seven years and their entire ethos is we are the experts, we tell them what yeah. the what the beauty standards are, we tell them what to do. And for me, I was always like, but that doesn't make sense because what if I don't want to wear a bloody frosty eyeshadow or a hot pink lip? And I know Australians, Australians, I mean, I want to tap in and say that I'm not about just the natural girl. Because makeup is about representation. Makeup is about referencing how you want to feel and your outfit and getting inspired and being creative. If for you, I mean, Elodie, I mean, for anyone that's got great skin, maybe maybe a light sheer coverage and all the primer by itself is what you want. For me, I'm like, if someone really genuinely feels authentic and doesn't want to feel represented by their acne, for example, if they're going through a really stressed state and they're like, I don't want to sit in this. This is not what I want to feel like. And they're really doing that from a great great place mentally. I'm like, you wear whatever you want. If that's a full coverage. If you like wearing like a, you know, a heavy eye, if that feels authentically you as the way of someone who wears a grungy pair of like outfit or, yes. you know, people wear all different kinds of things. For me, it's like you tap into however you want to. And we represent that through home beauty. We love all makeup styles. We're not about one or the other. We're about saying what feels right for you is what you should do. And it's not about that one is wrong or one is right. We're just about, there is no rules, have fun with it. Makeup's supposed to be creative, but a big component is for me to kind of really tap in to people like you to be like, let me teach you about your face. Let me teach you about how to apply it. Like get excited about it because I think I think for a lot of the times, like I've heard so many people say to me, oh, makeup is, a, makeup is my mask, makeup is my armor at the start of the day. And I'm like, no, it, it shouldn't be that way. Makeup isn't a fight. Makeup is an expression. Makeup is for a woman, an ability for us to tap into our feminine and to step into feeling how we want to feel. So I, I get really, really fired up with this situation because I really want to be that person that clearly no one else is doing it, which I find really crazy. But I'm super excited to have people like you so that I can be like, let me teach you your face. Let's get excited. So however you want to, if you're a shove it on kind of girl, because I am, you're yeah. a shove it on kind of girl, shove it on, you know, like, let me show you how to do it. And the contours, for example, everyone says oh. do the three. If if you're a narrow face, that doesn't go, that's not going to work for you. That's only going to make you more narrow. So what we want to teach you is about blush and highlighting more for a narrow face. Where if you're a wide face person or you've got a big forehead, how do we contour that to sort of work for what you want? Oh. So it's about 
all of the things, I guess. I have no idea what I'm, I'm just doing. absolutely laughing in my head at what I do. Like <laughs> it, it's like I just I'm like literally best. pissing myself at like what I actually do to put my makeup on and where I learn it from. I just am like TikTok. <laughs> it's I don't even have TikTok, but like just from watching people and now listening to you, I'm like, what are you doing? But the, I can't wait. I'm gonna have a lesson with you one day. We are have a full on yes. 101 well, beauty course. Class. I'm coming at you. The amount of times Chloe and I get our makeup done and I always go, all right, I'm going to like, I'm going to buy these products. I'm going to listen to what this person's saying. And I still have not one clue how to even apply basically moisturizer. Well, that person's got like, you know, a career behind their application. So for them to teach you what they did in that moment would take them quite some time, you know. Literally how annoying. That's why we have the masterclass program. So obviously we have the product, which is really great. But the educational program is actually designed and it's a three hour three and a half hour class um we actually design it to actually just teach you about you and go like let's first of all talk talk about your face shape let's talk about tones i know australians are really obsessed with bronze i know you two both love the brown um we love a dewy bronze i had to do so much it was so funny you guys and i'm like so grateful for your support i mean honestly i i can't share how much i am really grateful for how much you um support the brand and I know I'm really working hard to bring it to the big brands and and we are doing such a great job with our actual product development. But it is really funny. I had so many people like order off when you um, talk about it and they're like, these pale, pale girls ordering the darkest shade of the primer. I'm like, no, don't it's not the right color for you. <laughs> don't order what I order. I don't know what I'm doing. I just really like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, but you're, you know, you're bronze, you're all, you know, like you're, you're, you're in your sort of, what do you call it? Summer all, all day, every day. So, you know, it's, it, what works for you is great. And I, and I love that. And yeah, I can't wait to come up and, and have some fun with you guys and liberate your mind on, on who wins you. We are going to do a masterclass together on the Gold Coast at the end of this year, hopefully. Are we? Yeah. Oh I don't know God. if you're going to be here, yeah. but hopefully you are. Is it a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Well, Hila and I have yeah, been chatting. She's going to do a masterclass and like Make she'll sure paint our faces. Yeah, hopefully Chloe can be here and then like we can have Darling Shiners come. Yeah. Fun. So, yeah. Well, we're just working out the working out the ideas first. Heard so we first. can. Um... <laughs> I'm hearing it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it, heard it here first this morning, but yeah. I would really like to do a different style of it, of masterclass for Queensland for the first time. Uh, I've been wanting to work with Elodie for a little bit with around the um, the foundation, and and I missed the boat on the last on the gala. So for me, I was like, I would really love to donate um, an educational class to the foundation. So, so nice. we want to so get as nice. many girls, our people there. So we're going to turn it into like a seminar style education. We'll have all the home view products there to grab anyway, um, which will discount for everyone who comes, but we want to raise as much money as possible. So we'll do makeup, education, and then all the profits will go to the foundation. Oh, I love you, Hillary. That's so sick. Um, It'll be really, really fun. And we have a really cool question to wrap, but... One thing that I just remember while we're talking about the foundation is that the gala, the next year's gala is going to be in Melbourne on the 11th of May. So you'll have to do, if Chloe's in town, our makeup for it. And Carly, if Carly can come down. Totally. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. We should do a home beauty top-up bar at the actual event. A hundred percent. Okay, hopefully heaps of darling shiners can come down (laughs) to the Melbourne event next year. 11th of May. But um, Hilary, it's been so good to chat to you today. And one thing we yeah, wanted to end on with you was what would you tell your younger self if you could? Uh, everything is figureoutable. You know, mm-hmm. like you'll sit in this stress state, you might send a text to the wrong person, you might, you might like a person that doesn't like you back. There might be a moment where you are having really deep, dark thoughts. 
you actually will get past every single one of those moments and everything will be okay. Like it's okay to sit in it and be sad. There's nothing wrong with feeling the feels um, and not to rush through it and ignore it. But I think everything will work out. Everything is okay. You'll get through it. I even say to myself every day, I have every day this week, you'll get through this and it'll be okay. And I think as long as you're willing to sort of lean in and be vulnerable and to never give up on yourself, you'll you'll kick ass though. I really That's like what I would have said. Everything is figure outable. Piece of advice. I say I actually say that to myself every day as well. I'm like, it's okay. This is just time and time passes. You do say this, just um, this too shall pass. This That's too Chloe's. Shall pass. Yeah. That needs to be your bio. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's something like um, the guy from Lord of the Rings has a staff. So this too like, shall pass. You shall not pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah like a sword thing. <laughs> Thank you oh. so yeah. much, Hilary. Honestly, that was such an incredible chat. I had no idea what I was coming into and I've learned so much. Same. I'm really excited to get to know you better off the podcast too. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, gonna Thanks for giving us your Sunday. Thanks so much, Hilary. Love no you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye.